When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Well, these two guys actually aren't Mackie and Judd. Instead, it's Zolgad and Star Tribune sports columnist, my good friend Chip Scoggins. And uh, I guess it's fair to say that we do have Minnesota sports flowing through our veins. And in that in that vein, Chip Scoggins, no pun intended, you made the trek last weekend. Uh, you went to see Cubs twins. You saw Notre Dame football play. And then you went to Indianapolis uh, to see the Vikings game. I watched it on TV, but how bad was that in person? And I mean, what what's your takeaway now? Because, you know, this to me just... Quick sample size, eight quarters, feels feels like 2011. Just not a very good team, full of flaws, full of play. You know, so what was your takeaway from that game? Yeah, and that's, you know, I'm, I think Zimmer hit the nail on the head after the game where he said, we're not really good at anything. And, <laughs> and, and, and it was brutally honest, but it was accurate. And that's the sense I've gotten from these first two games where, we haven't seen this from a Zimmer team. Now, we've seen them have clunkers, right? We've seen them have a bad game. Yes. But you haven't seen a stretch like this where you just felt like they're completely overwhelmed and overmatched. And it just feels like there's so many things wrong with this team now, some out of their control with injuries and opt-outs and, and that kind of thing. But personnel-wise and just the way they're playing, I mean, it is – I said this to the guys uh, from the strip guys we were there, like, Afterwards, we were having dinner. I said, name me one thing about this team that after two games you feel positive about. I mean, can you pick one? I'm I'm honestly processing. Um, No. No, I can't. I can't because I'm – well, I'll say this. I feel good about people who don't look good right now are probably getting valuable experience. But, no, there's nothing that I can take away and say it's a positive as far as the games themselves. Yeah, you look no. at you like there hasn't been one thing where you say, okay, you know that area right there, you you see something, right? You see, yes. um, but I I can't even say that. I mean, defensively, they're a mess, and offensively, I mean, I guess Thielen, you could say that's a positive. He's played well. I mean, when he's had, I mean, he had the one drop, but he's you know he's kind of one guy that's shown up. But um, you know, I'm writing this for for Sunday, uh, that you know Zim's you know build himself as the fixer. But I don't know that he's had a project like this since he's been here. Do you? No. I, I oh, think, he is I not. I think there's just. I think this is. There's just so many things that yep. have to be addressed. That this is. 
this is not like, well, I got to shore up, you know, you know, the pass rush or, um, or one little area. I mean, it just seems like there's so many issues right now that they have to get fixed. What so so uh, going from that statement, Chipper? What is your feeling about the direction of where this team should go? What this team should do? Because I, I'm with you. I think that there were assumptions made by people that run the team about development of players um, that I think a lot of us questioned, but they made the assumptions through eight quarters of football. They've been proven to be grossly wrong. In your opinion, what should be the next step right now? Well, I know everybody's on the tank for Trevor campaign. Um, and I mean, after two games, I, I just think that's, you know, I mean, it's fun to say, and it's been so bad and, and all that, but um, I think a little premature there. And I just think there's, there, there are worse teams in the NFL that are going to be really bad all year. I, I have to think that this team's going to play better at some point. Mm-hmm. I don't think that they're going to be, I don't think they're going to rip off five straight wins um, because I just think that, the issues they have on personnel is honestly, Judd, I think I would just keep, you know, this is all about getting these young guys experience this year. Yes. You know, I mean, as much as you hate to say that, um, I don't, I mean, this is not a championship team. They're not one of the upper echelon teams, but you have to find out, you have to get these guys experience. And that's, to me, that's, you know, that's everything right now. And the other thing is, I don't know. With Cousins, I don't know what his long-term status is. Is, is this a one-year thing? Or are they really going to be able to hold on to for three more years? Um, but you have to get him righted, right? I mean, as, as, to to the extent that you can, you have to get him playing better. Um, if you if you see him as your guy for the, <clears throat> for the next three years, and I don't know that they do that internally. Mm-hmm. Maybe they re you know maybe they re address his his contract situation after this year, but. Um, he, your quarterback cannot play this bad. Um, you have to figure out a way to help him. Okay, so the word tank is fun. Like, it's just a fun word. Tank for Trevor. It's <laughs> yeah. fun. It's fun to say. It's fun to, it's fun to say this team stinks, and therefore they should tank. Um, I think that we all agree in all sports, but especially football, tanking is impossible. Like, the athletes aren't going to do it. The coaches aren't going to to do it. It's a fun thought process yeah. that is a pie in the sky uh, yeah. process. But but that being said, I think what you're saying is right on point and I would in in the realistic world per, much prefer to replace the term tank with opportunity. This is an sure. opportunity to say we made a mistake. Our cornerbacks could not possibly, and this is not a surprise to probably Chipper Judd, our cornerbacks could not possibly be developed as quickly as we thought. Um, so I'm with you. I would play all of those guys as much as possible. But here, but here's the important in my world caveat to the conversation now, because at the start of the year or in training camp, I said this. I said the one thing you can't do is put these guys in with pressure and ruin them, because that's a massive mistake. And we have both seen athletes be ruined. But if you call them in and say, look. We're not good, and we know that. But you're a good player. Jeff Gladney, Cam Dantzler, right? You're good mm-hmm. players. So, And you are not going to sit. You are going to play, and you're going to struggle. And we're going to work with you at every turn. Mike is not going to yell and scream unless unless he's doing it for your long-term good. But Mike is going to help you, and we are going to play you as much as we've been playing you. And, and turn around then and say, Ezra Cleveland, come here. The second yeah. you are prepared to play, you're playing now. 
And if we have to sit the left guard, that's fine. If we have to sit Riley Reef, I don't care. So, but we yeah. we get hung up on Tank as if we're, you're actually going to go into the locker room in Egan and say, "Boys, let's lose this week." Not going to happen. But what you can do is put yourself in a position to seize the opportunity of development and lose games. And and my last point. Cousins and Thielen and that group are going to come to you and say, what are you doing? And you're going to say, guys, I'm sorry. It's too too bad. You don't like it, but this is how we're going to do things. Well, and, and the thing is, Judd, is, is you know, nobody's going to lose on purpose. Um, but if you're playing young guys, there's a good chance it might just happen anyways. <laughs> That's my point. But it's not tanking. It's opportunity. Yeah, it, and and um, and the older guys might not like it, but they've already started this process. Is Yes. You know, what are the options other than playing these young guys? There are no options. I mean, I guess you could go try to find a bunch of street veterans that are not playing right now, but that serves no good. Um, so the one with with Ezra Cleveland, well, we can't, you know, Drew Samia cannot play any worse than, than he did Sunday. I mean, that was, you know, you wonder if, if Cleveland would not be an upgrade there. But, but if they don't feel like he's physically ready or knows the offense or anything, I wouldn't put a guy out there who's not, physically ready just because you want them to uh, learn on the job. I mean, they have to be able to. Right. As soon as you're ready. You have to be competent. Yeah. And so, but yeah, I mean, the thing is, is like Danzer and and Gladney, they have to play because there's no other cornerbacks. And so um, they're going to, I mean, this is what this season is. And I think we probably, I don't know if we all believed it, but when they said they're just going to retool on the fly and you can plug and play, it <laughs> sounded good. <laughs> but, but in the reality, when you don't have an off season, you don't have really have a training camp or, all, or preseason games. And then, by the way, you're facing just a gauntlet of the top quarterbacks in NFL. It, it's going to be growing pains. I mean, we should, ex- I think we all expected this. Uh, you know, that's not what you heard coming out of, I almost said Winter Park, but the Vikings facility. But, yep. Um, this is, this is, it. It was right there in front of us, plain sight, right? What was going to happen? But I, I do think, even knowing that, Judd, it's been worse than I expected. I didn't, I didn't expect mm-hmm. to play this, this poorly, particularly the offense. I thought the defense would struggle. The offense, I'm, I don't say I'm shocked, but I'm surprised at how poorly they played. Yeah, no, I, these two games have been awful. I, I guess my point now is, let's look at these two games, see where this team is at realistically and go from there. And if they misjudge things, you know, they did. And yeah. and they clearly did. Um, I will say this, because, you know, after they lost to the Colts on Sunday, there's already questions about Zim's job, blah, blah, blah. No. He's not being fired. He no. shouldn't be fired. Now, does that mean that in March you don't potentially reassess? I'm sure you do. But I don't think anyone's going to lose their job in season. I actually don't think that they should. But 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 I also don't think that there should be pressure now put turned around and put on Mike to win immediately. If this is what the process is going to be, you know what? That's fine. Yeah, like it stinks well, to watch, but it's fine. Well, and you know, and, and and you know, this is why we we said knowing what they were doing with their roster and turning it over, um, that you couldn't have Zimmer go into this as a lame duck year and make this be the ultimate, you know winner else year because you know it was so easy to brush aside oh you're getting rid of Stefan Diggs but you got Justin Jefferson he's great look what he did yes. in college it's like it's not the same <laughs> you got rid of your best wide receiver and let's be honest 
you have one wide receiver who's who's proven at this point. One. And so to think that that's okay or is going to work, it doesn't work that way. And it was easy to say, ah, Xavier Rhodes is old, and Trey Waynes, he wasn't that good, and wait till you see these young guys. Well, it doesn't. It, you can't just snap your finger and think it's going to be the same or be better. I mean, it doesn't work that way. And right. so, um, no, I don't think them, you know, his job's in jeopardy. I mean, this is why you gave him the extension. Um, but I don't think that it's a free pass either just to put on display what what we've seen the last, you know, couple weeks. I mean, they've had a lot of undisciplined penalties, Judd. I mean, just, you know, stuff that's just killing them. And mm-hmm. um, and he's had some, you know, he had another, um, I thought, game management mistake last week. Now, it didn't matter because they were in the grass scheme because they were getting steamrolled. But um, it's, it's not just a, you know, free pass to put crummy, you know, performances on, on tape. But to think that um, they were going to be, uh, I, I thought they'd be a 500 team. And I think my my prediction was nine and seven. Clearly, I don't, you know, that was overshooting it. But I didn't think this was, you know, that's team that was that, that team was going to get to the NFC Championship game either. So, um, but they need they need a performance that even if they lose Sunday, just to show some signs of okay, they're playing better. They've got beat by a better team something positive, but there's just been nothing positive or optimistic about these first two games where you can, you know, point to, I mean, just, just across the board, the whole thing has just been a disaster, you know? So, um, and the thing is, it's an 0 five start doesn't seem unrealistic right now. When you look at the next three weeks, you know, with, with the opponent, right. so this could, this could snowball bad if they don't turn it around Sunday. What's your assessment of cousins? And he's been bad. I mean, you know, that performance Sunday, when you go into the fourth quarter with a 0.0 passer rating, there's no other way to spin it. You can say his offensive line's crummy and he only has Steven, but some of his passes, um, he just looks lost right now to me. Doesn't you? It just doesn't look like there's any kind of sense of how to, to uh, right the ship, so to speak. And so... He's got to play better. I mean, he just he has not been good, and um, and then you, and then you know on top of that, all the issues we talked about, um, he he just got to play better. I mean, he's just he's just not been good. He is so it, it's weird because yes, he's been bad. Um, the thing about this team is the defensive problems actually don't shock me completely. The corners were new. When Pierce opted out, I think the run defense is going to be atrocious. Like you, you are put in two backup guys who, in in my opinion, in in Stefan and Jalil Johnson are backups. They've got no. You're not developing them. They're not going to turn into good players. They are who they they are. And I mean, Zim's defense has always started with you know a three technique who's incredibly strong. He doesn't have that now or a nose tackle. Um, so the defensive struggles, while while jarring and certainly surprising for a uh, Zim coach team, are not fun to see. It's the offensive inefficiencies and struggles that surprise me. The play yeah. calling has not been good. The fourth and three shot in week one um, uh, to Tajay Sharp was ridiculous. And to go to your point now, the quarterback play, the quarterback when it's mattered has looked completely lost and flustered. Now, I'm not completely surprised by that fact. 
Um, but that's the side of the ball that if you had come to me in, in August and said, they're going to be 0-2, they're going to look terrible, the defense is really going to struggle and scuffle and not be good. But here's the flip side. Dalvin Cook is going to not get the ball that much, and the offense is going to be absolutely atrocious. I would have said, come on now, that's too much. But the yeah. offense has looked atrocious. Well, and it's, you know, Dalvin's been, and I, I don't, I don't and put any stock into the garbage time stuff in week one. Um, but it's just the inability to for them to sustain anything. And that, you know, their offense is totally predicated on ball control, time of possession, you know, control the clock. Uh, they're last, they're dead last in, in the NFL, I think, in, in time of possession because they can't sustain anything. And it's, you know, if Dalvin gets stopped on a first down run, let's say it's second nine, it just feels like they're punting, you know, that just doesn't seem like they're going to be able to overcome that. And, um, you know, the the thing you worry about is teams are going to know, hey, let's just bracket uh, Thielen and not worry about anybody else. So they, they've got to get Jefferson up to speed. <laughs> and this is, this is game planning and quarterback. Yes. The quarterback has to have some trust in those guys and, and, and Kubiak's going to have to figure out, you know, Irv Smith's going to have to make some plays, but there has to be uh, more options than just hope Thielen makes a diving catch. All that. I mean, cause it's just eventually teams are just going to really emphasize and try to take him out. And there has to be, you know, complimentary pieces to that, or, you know, then you really have nothing because if they stop Dalvin and you only have one guy in the passing game, I think we've seen that the first two weeks, there's just no other place to go with the ball. So it has to be trust from, from, from uh, cousins, but also the game plan to try to get those guys involved in manufactured touches for them. If anything, where are uh, cook and, and the tight ends in the passing game? That's the one that I completely don't get. Yeah, I, I know. And that's, you know, some of those screen, <clears throat> screens or, um, you know, as you go back to that fourth and three, I was surprised they didn't try to throw something to Rudolph there yeah. in, that, in that week one. Sure. Um, you know, big target. We know he, uh, Cousins has confidence in him in the red zone, but, um, like, that seemed like the ideal spot to try to find cut or uh, find Rudolph. So, yeah, I mean, I, I would think that they're going to have to get him involved, you know, because it's, it just can't be Thielen. And so, but where is like I? But I don't get. I don't but I. But I don't get what's going on here. And and I guess what what we don't get um, to know is how, how much of this is Kubiak's play calling, how much of this is Kurt trying to rely on Thielen, uh, because right now, Chip, right now it looks like uh, Kirk and and Thielen are going out at third grade recess, <laughs> and they're best friends, right? And it's like, throw me the ball, Kirk, throw me the ball. And he's like, hey, you bet I will, my best friend, you know, And because then I'm going to come o- over to your house and we're going to play games tonight. And, and it's like, no, that's not how this league operates. But yeah. but, the reli- but the reliance on uh, number 19 in Adam Thielen continually, to me, is just completely baffling because – to what you're saying, I think opposing defenses already are very much saying, oh, this is what you're going to do? Awesome. Mm-hmm. Keep doing it. And, and this is not to excuse this, but how much do you think the lack of offseason uh, hindered like the, the, the chemistry and the trust factor that, that uh, Cousins had or could develop with his, with his other receivers? You know, that, that's not to give him a – you know, a pass on it, but you do wonder, like with Jefferson or sure. Smith, if he just hasn't had the time. With those but then, guys. where's the short passing game? I mean, da- Dalvin Cook is sitting right there. Check well, down to Dalvin one. Cook. Yeah. Well, Bradford and, and did. Cook been, yeah, and, and Cook has been just 
they've got to put the ball in his. How many touches did he have? The other, uh, I know it's ridiculous, something like that. I mean, but I mean, just throw him, just dump the ball off to him. Just tell Kirk, Kirk, dump the ball off. We're not even asking you. There's no risk here. Like, yeah. like I could do, I could make that pass, and that that's what I don't get. So look. The most jarring thing to me, I, I think, of all the weird and offensive play calls and weird Kirk plays that I don't get through eight quarters of football, the most jarring one to me was the deep shot for Sharp on fourth and three mm-hmm. in week in week one because that's the exact type of thing that goes to what you're saying, which is how much did Sharp and Cousins even work on things together? <laughs> well, you know, I know, and, and it's. Well, one, the play call for, for Zimmer to sign off on what Kubiak said there. Um, yes. Well, it tells you how much, you know, trust or whatever he has in Kubiak just to make the call. But, you know, I, I I thought that was weird. But then the fact that you're going to Sharp there and not force forcing it. And I know he said there's safety over top on Thielen's side, but still I'm going to my best guy there. Um, so the whole thing has just been – it's I, – I can't remember. And maybe you're right. Go back to 2011 – back-to-back games where you just felt like, man, this is a bad team. You mm-hmm. know, <laughs> that's what it just, I worked out of there Sunday night out of, out of the stadium Sunday night. I was like, man, they are just, they are not good at all, you know, Correct. in anything, like what Zimmer said. And so I'm, I'm curious to see what happens this weekend. If it continues, if there's some uptick, um, I have to think that the run defense is going to be in for a long day because, as Zimmer said, they are undersized along the line now, and they just don't have the personnel they thought they were going to have. And, mm-hmm. oh, by the way, you're facing the power back of, you know, the best power back in the league right now in yeah, Henry. So, absolutely. Um, but the yeah, offense I, can't be this bad. No, I, Like, there's yeah, no I, excuse for that. No, I mean, it, it's they just seem like I think lost is the, the word I keep coming back to. They just seem lost on offense. They don't, as Zimmer said, like they don't even know what their identity is right now. I think if know? the quarterback, I think part of the problem is mentally, if the quarterback gets rattled, he really, it's really bad. Now, now the one, the one cautionary tale about Kirk though, is the worse this team gets, the better Kirk is going to get because yeah. he is the classic. Wh- hold on a second. There's no pressure now, guy. Oh, yeah. hell yeah. Um, cool. So the, the more the Kirk, is asked to chase games or in my opinion more importantly to this conversation the season the more statistically solid he's going to get because Kirk is at his worst aside from the throat of Thielen against the Saints Kirk is ordinarily at his worst when he feels that there is pressure being put on Kirk and we were talking about this the other night at dinner Judd when when was the game afterwards where Zimmer told him, "Stop thinking so much. Just cut it loose." And then he and he ripped off like four or five, you know, stretch games where he played really well. Was that last year or the year before? Remember, he had. It might have been after games. the Chicago game last year because di- didn't they go play the Giants then it, at MetLife Stadium? Yeah, and yeah, and that Giants team stunk, but he played really well. Yeah, I think that's where it was. Where you yes. know, he looks like he's in that that rut again, where he's thinking about everything and overthinking. And he almost gets paralyzed by, um, you know, thinking about you know, trying to be perfect or whatever. And maybe need, you know, maybe Zim needs to have one, another one of those. Hey, just cut it loose. And this sounds nuts. So Chip, What's that? This, this is going to sound nuts, but if you process it through, I think it, it makes sense. I would have benched him at halftime against the Colts because he's so out of his mind right, right now, as far as his approach goes, I wouldn't have benched him and said, you stink. You're being punished. I would have said, Kirk, yeah. just, I'm going to bench you. I want you to just watch the game. That's a hard card to play, though. I know it I mean, is. It really is because, I mean, the backups, 
<laughs> oh, right, but you're dead. <laughs> you know, but but it, but it's it's you know he is still your starting quarterback, and once you can only play that card once, you know, and if it doesn't work now, you got a problem, you know. Yeah, but I don't have a competition. Game. Like it's not like I'm replacing him with a guy that's really going to replace him. No, but I'm just saying if 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 you put him back in the next game, and you know, and now he's thinking that oh my god, I might get benched. I I understand what you're saying. I think he just might need like this week, just saying, just kind of lose. Let's do things that get him in a rhythm where it's the. Because we've seen it, like when he gets in a rhythm, yep. the bootlegs, the rollouts, yep, kitten stuff. Yep. I, I, I would be willing to bet the farm we're going to see that Sunday to try to get him going, get him in a rhythm, and get some confidence where it just quick hitting stuff. He said, get to Dalvin, let him go make some plays, just establish something, some kind of rhythm, um, and get back to what he does well. So uh, I would be surprised if we see that Sunday. The concerning thing right now to me is how well the scripted plays have worked. Yeah. And then once you get past the script, he just completely <laughs> falls apart. And that's yeah, two consecutive games. Been, yeah, the second quarter has been rough. Woo. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's just like they don't do anything. They just, I mean, they, they start off well. It looks good. I mean, you, a couple throws he made to Thielen on that first drive, <clears throat> excuse me, last week. Absolutely. You're thinking, okay, yeah, that first week was over. Now they're going to play well, and then it just comes to a grinding halt. So, um. Yeah, and it's you know it's, but the the thing is 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 with him and we've seen it when things go bad they just snowball and it's like he can't get out of it yes. you know it's like the whole the rest of the game is just uh you know nothing and so that's where you're right when he got the scripted plays they need to figure out how to put him in the best position to where he gets in the rhythm and feels good about what you know what he's doing and and. But if he takes a sack or they have a you know a couple of series where it doesn't go anywhere, it's like they can't get out of that and, and generate anything. They just they haven't been able to sustain anything. Exactly right. Okay, so that that's the bad in uh, sports. Now the good, at least in this town, is going to be starting on Tuesday. The Twins are going to start the first round of the playoffs. They're in Houston, Cleveland, or the Yankees right now look like the options. It's almost. Cer- I think it's going to be at Target Field, Chipper. Best yeah. of three, first round. If you were to rank the opponent, who would you who do you most want one to three in the first round of the playoffs? I would say Houston one. Mm-hmm. This might sound crazy, Jeb, but since it's a three game series, mm-hmm. I, I, I I might put Yankees two and Cleveland three based on pitching. Yeah, because if you're going to face Bieber and what I assume Plesac, right? Um, for Cleveland, is that going to they're going to be their one two? Um, Savale is yeah. in there, yeah, but yes. Um, now Cleveland's lineup doesn't scare you. They're one of the lowest scoring teams in, that, in baseball. Yes, that's um, what I like. So I would probably put them three. So I would I would go, um, or I'd probably put them two. The one I, I think Houston would be number one on my list. I agree. I still I still think the Yankees because of you could say these guys aren't going to be intimidated by whatever, but it's still the Yankees. They still score a lot of runs. Um, I think they have one of the top five offenses in, in baseball. Um, and so I would, I would, I think I would rank him Houston, Cleveland, then Yankees. Here's the thing that I like about the potential of playing Cleveland, which is, to your point, a very good pitching team, but they can't hit. Um, yeah. So far this year in the series against Cleveland, Maeda, who, who would almost certainly, or not almost certainly, who would start Game One against Bieber, mm-hmm. he is three and zero in three starts against Cleveland. He has walked only four. He struck out twenty, and his ERA is zero point five zero. So I, I actually think, especially at home, the Maeda 
Bieber matchup would be a lot of fun, and it wouldn't yeah. be. And I'm not insinuating in any way that it would be easy for the Twins, but I do think, given uh, Kenta's success against Cleveland in 2020, that it would be a very winnable game here. Yeah. So would you put them ahead of Houston? No, I I would say Houston. I don't think. The Strohs are that good. So I would put no, I Houston either. one, Cleveland Cleveland two, Yankees three. And to be clear here, too, as well, I am not afraid to face the Yankees. But and we, we've t- talked about this on the show with Phil as well. If you face them, the longer the series, the weaker yeah. their pitching gets. And so insta- sure. instead of going best of three, Garrett Cole, oh, my gosh. Tanaka, yeah. who's not as good, but he's solid. You now go, if it's a best of uh, five or best of seven, better yet, you now mm-hmm. you now go Garrett Cole game one, Tanaka game two, and you don't even know who they're going to start in game three. Sure. And yeah. I actually think if you put the Twins up against the Yankees in a longer series, I'm going to take the Twins' uh, potential starting rotation right now almost every time in its totality over what the Yankees are going to do. Yeah, and but but you also have to. That's you know you're going to face that lineup longer too, and that's you know that's what scares you. But the, you know the thing is, Judd, this, doesn't it seem wide open to you? Oh yeah, it's I mean, going to be it's I mean, going to be fantastic. It'll be fun. I mean, the, the seeds you're going to have the seeds, but who do you think would be the favorite going in right now? I mean, I don't know that there is a prohibitive favorite. Do you? I mean, there's not that one team where you're like all right, everybody's playing for second. You know, this year are the Dodgers uh, in the National League? I mean, they're so I'm talking about American League. Okay. American League. Yeah, no, probably not. Probably I mean, not. It'll be interesting I mean, it's eight to see teams. the odds makers who they pick as the favorite going in. Um, you know, I mean, I think there's something to be said about being hot right now, and and, and the Twins in Cleveland are hot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so does that carry over? I don't know, but I mean, they're, they're clearly loose with the robes and the way they're playing and, and everything. Um, I think they're in a good spot. I really do, and I like the way my eight is pitching. Uh, I think they're pitching depth. If they can get through this first round, I think it's going to be huge for them um, because while they may not have the Garrett Cole or the Bieber, mm-hmm. they have depth. Guys that you can, especially if, if Oda Rizzi comes back, I yes. don't know how much you can rely on him, but um, if he can come back and and be himself, I mean, you feel pretty good about that rotation. And I know their bullpen is, they got to get Taylor Rodgers squared away, but um, I do like what they have there. So, um. Yeah, I, I really feel like this is this is the year where you don't go in and like, oh, we really don't want to play that team, you know, because I don't think there's any team that just strikes the fear in, in everyone else. Yeah, if you think about this from the twin standpoint, what's the one thing that you're slightly concerned about right now? Probably getting Cruz uh, mm-hmm. to, to the point where his his knee hamstring. I don't know exactly what's wrong. The team has said knee, where that is fine. Getting a rise back would certainly help. Um, making sure that that uh, Donaldson is as healthy as possible. But mm-hmm. beyond those things, yeah, I think that this is going to be. Look, this year has been weird. The rules have been altered. There's a lot about baseball that, if you're a purist in 2020, I'm sure you absolutely hate Chip. Yeah. But but to me, embrace the weirdness, embrace yeah. the wacky, and and yeah, when, when you're going to start with an 18 playoff field in each league, it's going to be weird. But it's also going to be potentially fun, and I do think that you're right, American League wise, at least if not both leagues, it's going to have some. It's going to have a wide open feel that the baseball playoffs probably normally don't have to this extent. 
And you look at the Twins, Judd. So they have, um, what, the best home record in American League or all of baseball? I think all of baseball. Um, it's ridiculous. All of baseball. Yes. So do we think that's going to be a factor? Okay, here's my, here's my dilemma there. I, I believe that the Twins were so much better during the regular season this year at home than on the road because they actually got to go home. And I think mm-hmm. that there's something to be said for being – on the road and, you know, after the whole Cardinals debacle and Marlins thing, being told don't leave your room, get room service. Uh, Starting on Tuesday of this week, so now the Twins are in the midst of being quarantined in a hotel here. Mm -hmm. It's going to change and it's going to be like they're on the road. But that being said, I think that they have established a confidence of playing at Target Field that they probably don't have elsewhere. So, so I do, I firmly believe that my feeling on their playoff chances in the first round would change dramatically if they somehow had to go elsewhere and play. Yeah. And it's funny. It's not like we look at like with the Vikings where they clearly lost their home field advantage with the, with the noise. But I think there is something to be said about comfort yes. and just routine and being a place that you're familiar with and probably not having to, you know. Well, now they are sleeping in a hotel, but but you're right, sleeping at home and just not having to get on a flight. I mean, I'm sure there's some you know some degree of benefit to that, but um, yeah, it's you know, I mean, the fact that after this one series, everybody's in San Diego or or the Texas, um, yeah, Arlington and uh, so, Houston, I think. Yeah, it, I mean, that's it's going to negate all that, but um, this short series, though, I mean, it's going to be interesting. That's why. You know, it's you know if you have to go up against Beaver or, or Derek Cole right out the out the shoot. I mean, now you know it, it, you may see upsets um, because you only have to win two games, and so teams that you thought might get through, if you know if your if your ace has a clunker, you yep. know now all of a sudden you're you know you're scrambling. Um, but it, it's going to be fascinating to see how this plays out and if this is going to be the format going forward after, after this year, I hope it's not, you I got, know, I, I, I got a go feeling, back. I got a f- feeling it might be. <laughs> I, well, I, I do think they like the idea of, you know, more postseason games and more teams in the pennant race and all that. And, you know, the, the, I guess, excitement that it creates in more fan bases. Um, I, I, I think I prefer to go back to you to the old format uh, versus this one, but um it, it, it'll be interesting to see what the reaction for players is with the, with this short first series. Do you like the robes? Do I like the what? The robes. I do. The JD yeah. robes that, that yeah. Cruz then then said, and I, I love Cruz. He's basically like, I'm not playing. What can I do? I'm going to give <laughs> out my right. robe to everyone who hits a home run. You know what? Baseball needs some fun in it, right? Yes. And if that, I, I like it. I mean, if it, you know, clearly it's something that they've kind of. Uh, taken to and it's created a fun vibe in the in the uh, dugout and so I like it. I mean I'm sure it'll be you know because we've seen other things we've seen the rally monkey and we've seen different things from teams over the years and so um, if they were to get on a roll I'm sure uh, we would see people well we probably wouldn't because we can't leave our houses and work downtown but <laughs> I think you see people wearing robes everywhere and buying those up I'm sure uh, the team or somebody's figuring out how to make money off those and oh you got to ha- have those you know. in the pro shop right by next year by next spring those got to be in the pro shop. Uh, I would think they probably will be, you know, that would be my They'll guess. They'll be expensive too. So are are you a robe guy or not? I am not. I am not. I'm not either. 
I never have. Um, those look comfortable, though. I'll say that. They do look uh, nice, yes. I, I think my my problem is my robe, which I don't wear, is sort of flimsy and cheaper. I think if yeah. I had the nice the nice robe that, that sort of hugged you, I think I might feel different. I got to be honest. I, I never owned a robe. I, never? never? No. Never I just owned one, one as a kid. Never. It was very comfortable. Yeah, I never. Now, my dad was. Um, oh, yeah. Dads were always robes. Dads were guys. robes. I just, I've never had one, and... So maybe I should invest one. It should be a robe, right? But you got to get a nice robe. Like, don't get a yeah, cheap robe because yeah. you won't like the robe then. It's not really comfortable. It's got to be. And that's the, the thing is, these robes look incredibly comfortable. I could sure. do these robes, but I'm not going. But I wouldn't pay. That's my problem. I'm too cheap to pay for the robe itself. What do you think? What do you think those suckers go for? I'm sure they weren't cheap. Donaldson yeah. probably. My guess. Well, he he got them in bulk. I would guess if you bought one of them, the way that those look, a hundred and. Twenty? Yeah, I was guessing a couple hundred bucks. One fifty? Uh, yeah, yeah. You think so? I will not be spending one hundred fifty bucks on a robe. I can tell you that. Oh no, 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 no. But I, I guess so. It, it turns out I heard this story a couple of days ago after Donaldson bought the robe. It turns out I guess David Price bought him in Toronto when Donaldson was there. Uh, Same okay. type of deal, and so he got the idea. I it did cross my mind briefly too. I wonder if Donaldson and I, I don't know when when he actually uh, put in the order for the robe but i wonder if he did that after he called all umpires fools and his teammates basically were like uh thanks a lot josh i'm not gonna i'm not going to get a call for at least the remainder of this season if not into 2021 yeah i'm guessing the robe order was put in before then, Me too. uh the fact that they're you know custom made but i don't think he really cared at that point when <laughs> Chipper, it was the greatest Zoom call I will ever be on. <laughs> I was at Notre Dame Stadium, and I'm seeing these calls. I'm like, what is going on on that Zoom? Oh, just called that was everybody. a Zoom. That was a man with a mission on a Zoom. <laughs> you know, um, you know, God bless the guy that speaks his mind. I mean, we, we yes. asked athletes to be honest, and he was honest. And great. It, it'll be interesting to see. I wonder if uh, privately if he got fined by the league. I, w- I wouldn't be shocked if he did. He did get um, fined. He got fined for sure for kicking dirt on the plate and being well, ejected. One, yeah. But I don't know. Yeah, yeah. He got fined again for his comments on the on, on basically saying they don't care and they just want to go home. He had to. Uh, um, I, I would. I wouldn't be surprised. But yeah, I don't. You know, you haven't. Of course, we don't. You know, we're not around team the players anymore in Zoom, so we're not. You know, um, I would guess that he has enough respect in that clubhouse for you know his career that guys probably support him and side with him because i'm sure there's a lot of guys that feel the same way in that clubhouse they just don't say it they don't either have the uh you know they don't want to create the ways or they don't have the uh stature that josh donaldson does as a former mvp to, to be able to speak that you know his mind like that so um yeah, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure it didn't go over well with the umpires um uh, seeing those quotes no. but um, I, I don't know that you know uh, you know, I don't know if he'll end there or if you'll see any other things here as, as the playoffs you know, get going. He is a wound tight guy. I will give well, him that, that in right. an ordinarily, you know, from Baldelli to Cruz, in an ordinarily very relaxed live and let live clubhouse environment. I would, the one of the things that just stinks about this year, Chip, yeah. and it's not like we got total access, so don't get me wrong here. But, you know, we, we go in pre- and post-game, right? And you could sort of get a feel for what Cruz meant in that clubhouse last year, just from sort of yep. being around a li- just a little bit, um, and the weight that he carried. We know nothing about teams now, and I would love to see the dynamic of, of you know, Cruz in one corner, and my guess is Donaldson in a different uh, corner, and then 
Sergio, who is his own sort of loose cannon, yeah. not like Donaldson, but it is, it would be a lot, a lot of fun. And this extends beyond the twins too. Uh, it would be a lot of fun because ordinarily you feel like, you know, something about a team's personality. Sure. This team's personality. It's like, well, they're, they're uh, wearing robes after home runs. Now that seems like fun, but you can't yeah. really tell much about the personality and who's doing what. No, you, you miss so much. Uh, by having to do it the way we're doing it now and just the lack of um, contact and conversation with those guys. You know, the thing I miss is just being able to walk in the clubhouse and like having a conversation with Josh Donaldson about, you know, his career or stories or hearing stories and, or just hitting or whatever, yep. you know, cause I'm sure he would be a fun guy just to listen to talk about different parts of the game, you know, and we just, you know, unfortunately, we we don't get that anymore. Um, hopefully, it comes back in the future. But yeah, you don't get like last year. You knew like absolutely the impact that Nelson Cruz had as a leader in that clubhouse. I mean, it was just if you spent you know five minutes in that clubhouse, you you knew it and you could feel it and sense it. And it's still that same way. But yeah, you don't not being around the team and really not having any conversations in person, face to face, just hard to get a sense of you know, the the dynamics of a team. Um, basically, we get a couple of Zoom calls a day, and that's it, you know. So, yes. yeah, it's unfortunate. And it's, it's definitely, uh, you don't feel like you know the team as well, the personality of a team. Last thing, sir, Big Ten football. Explain this. So mm-hmm. they're, they're going to come back, and if I've got this right, they're going to play, what, nine games apiece? Or yeah. that, that's the schedule. And they're basically going to, with their plan, go straight through. Yeah. Um, now college sports are not pro sports. And so we have certainly seen numerous games on basically a Saturday by uh Saturday basis, either postponed or canceled because, you know, a team gets a COVID outbreak or sure. contact tracing. What do you think the conference's plan is for what seems like it's inevitable, which is it's a very long shot that every single team in that conference is going to realistically play straight through without, having a game or two canceled or delayed or something, how are they going to work that to make it as fair as possible to complete a season? Well, I think you're just going to have to go through uh, when you're doing your, you know, figuring out who's first, second, third, fourth in a division is going to go go by winning percentage because I will be stunned. Absolutely stunned. Now there's, there's eight regular season games and then one, the extra game or whatever. So, but I'll be stunned if, if all 14 teams play eight games, I just, I mean, we saw it yesterday. I mean, I think the Notre Dame got uh, game got postponed after they had uh, some outbreaks this past week, um, and it's happening all across college football. So to think that everybody's going to be able to play a full schedule, it's not going to happen. And and the thing that they don't have that these other conferences have, they have no wiggle room. I mean, other conferences built in buys uh, with the idea that you know they can move games around. Big Ten doesn't have that, and so if you have an outbreak and too many guys test positive, you don't you know, you reasonably can't feel, feel the team, then you're just not gonna be able to play the game. There's no, there's no way to postpone it and make it up somewhere else. So, um, and that speaks to getting in the college football playoff, Judd. I mean, if you're Ohio state, I think you have to play at least seven games. Agreed. Um, Agreed completely. You, you can't play five games, even if they're so dominant, which I think they're going to be, I don't think you can play five and have somebody from the SEC play nine or 10 and think that that's the same. But it's going to be interesting if they have the college football playoff, how that committee handles this and handles, you know, teams not playing the same number of games and, and really trying to figure out what's fair um, 
but I think it has to be somewhat representative, right? So I think seven has to be kind of the benchmark that if you can if you can play that many, okay, yep. and you look so good, I think yeah, you can say this is a really good team. Um, but it's yeah, they're. I just go in fully expecting that some of these games are going to get postponed and just never played. All right, sir. Talk to you next right. week, Chip Scoggins. Thank you very much. All right, brother. Thank All right, you. take care. Bye bye. Chip Scoggins. Conduits of trouble. We do this every week. Talk to you later. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.